You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up pretty easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com to start your free trial. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. It's Into Tomorrow for the weekend of Friday, December 10th, 2021. I'm Chris Graveline. While Dave is a little under the weather this week, we're taking a look back at some of our coverage from the virtual CES this past year, including some stuff uh, you may not have heard yet. And of course, we're dusting off the suitcases that we haven't used since pre-pandemic and gearing up to head back to Vegas in about a month for the finally in-person CES. So you can look for those special broadcasts right here in January. Uh, We're planning three weeks of coverage, bringing you the latest from CES, including video of all of our interviews as well. So you'll want to stay tuned and visit our site at intotomorrow.com for a lot more as we get closer to those big shows from Vegas. As always, don't forget to participate on the program to win all sorts of prizes. Um, it's easy to do so. You just mash that Ask Dave button on our site at intotomorrow.com. You can use the Message to Studio button in our free apps available on iOS and Android. Or you can call the old-fashioned way. Pick up the phone. Call the Ask Dave hotline at 800-899-4686. That's 800-899-INTO. You know, while I'm here, I might as well bring you this. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. Here's Chris. It's not the same when it's just me. This week, back in 1903, the first successful powered airplane flight took place near Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. First Orville, then Wilbur Wright kept their invention flying. Each flight lasted just under a minute. Uh, Although they weren't the first to build experimental aircraft, the Wright brothers were the first to invent aircraft controls that made fixed-wing powered flight possible, and they are credited with giving birth to the aviation industry. In 1962 this week, NASA's Mariner 2 became the first spacecraft to fly by Venus. Mariner 2 was the first robotic space probe to conduct a successful planetary encounter. In 1972 this week, U.S. astronaut Gene Cernan became the last person to walk on the moon after he and fellow astronaut Harrison Schmidt completed the third and final extravehicular activity of the Apollo 17 mission. And this week in 1994, IBM stopped shipments of personal computers that contained Intel's flawed Pentium chip, saying the processor's problems were worse than they earlier believed. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the most significant trade show for consumer electronics and home appliances. For more info, visit ifa-berlin.com. Did you know that the UK has a minister of loneliness? Many seniors struggle with isolation, but it turns out there's an app for that, too. With this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute, brought to you by Dexcom, here's health tech insider Alfred Poor. As our population ages, loneliness and isolation are becoming a significant problem. These can be precursors for serious medical and mental health conditions. 
ranging from depression and anxiety to dementia. The CDC estimates that about one in four Americans 65 or older are socially isolated. A new app is designed to address the problem. Life Bio Memory provides a structured way to encourage the elderly to share their stories. These are then made available to family members and caregivers, which can help them connect. There is even an option to turn the content into printed storybooks. The system can also use the stories to recommend personalized action plans and activities to be used by family members and caregivers. Early testing has resulted in a 15% reduction in depression symptoms and has improved mood and happiness. It's available for both iOS and Android devices. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Thanks, Alfred. The Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute is brought to you by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Know where your glucose is headed and how fast. Visit dexcom.com. And be sure to sign up for Alfred's Health Tech Insider free weekly newsletter at his site, healthtechinsider.com. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Autonomous, how today works from home. See your new home office at autonomous.ai. And by Blueberry Podcasting. If you want to become a podcaster, you'll soon discover the options can be a bit overwhelming. Blueberry makes it easy. Visit blubrry.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline, our 26th year on the air. And as part of our extensive virtual CES 2021 coverage, we wanted to also present some keynote highlights. We're joined by Doug McMillan, the CEO of Walmart. Thanks for having us. The great thing about technology is that we have the ability to still meet and still engage and have conversations about what's happening in our world today and, of course, the role of tech. Some may be saying, why is Walmart at CES? I'm guessing that Walmart is no different when it comes to innovation. So would you speak to a lot of the work that Walmart's doing and how technology is a central part to that? Yeah, well, it always has been. You know, I think the supply chain is one of the areas where people would recognize that Walmart's been a leader from the 
early days as it relates to how we put technology to work. That's certainly true today, but it's done in a different way than it was in the past. And it's very exciting, actually, the way the company has changed our way of working to put technology to work, whether that's software or the way we use our data or increasingly the way we use robotics in our business. There's a ton of innovation happening here, and it's moving very quickly. And this last year has accelerated that because it had to. And our teams have done a terrific job, a really strong technology team. But the big change that's happened is the way in the way our merchants think, the way our operators go to go to work. I mean, it's it's a very different environment and one that has enabled a lot of progress as it relates to how we serve customers. So the way we serve them today is multifaceted and quite different than what we were doing before. So we've been here working on modernizing our tech stack, um, changing the way that we work together as teams, and that's resulted in a lot of speed and a lot of innovation. But how do you approach the new and sticking it out for Walmart? How does that look for innovation? Yeah, it's always been true that as business leaders, we have to learn and apply. I think that's only sped up over time, and our view has had to broaden. I think our perspectives have to change as leaders, and and Walmart leadership has been going through that as well. So we are a bit of a connected ecosystem in terms of where knowledge comes from. There are certainly good ideas that come from within our company, from frontline associates and other leaders But we get a lot of insight from folks outside the company, all types of people, um, business partners that we have, the suppliers that we work with, and other thought leaders. And we've tried to be pretty deliberate, especially in recent times, about establishing those networks and being connected and learning together about what the future of AI will mean or how robotics can change our business and how 5Gs can impact how people want to live and shop and what that means to how we need to change our business. And one of the more interesting things to think about, in my view, is not any single technology that's changing the world, but it's how they all come together and making those choices about where we invest and and where we don't. I mean, we've got to get better at forecasting demand. Um, So artificial intelligence and the way we use data is really important. And we have to get better at saving customers time. And we've got to be able to personalize to do that. So we need to get better at the way we interact with our customers as it relates to data, always earning their trust, never surprising them with how their data is used, but doing it in a way that makes their life simpler and easier. Um, Robotics is another area. We've got automation that's happened in our stores, in our distribution centers, and more in front of us in the future. I was just traveling I'm recently down to one of our distribution centers and looking at the next generation of, of automation, and it's really exciting to see what's what's happening. I think it'll help us improve in-stock levels, help us with inventory turns. There's just so much change right now. I just celebrated my 30th year with Walmart, and there's more change happening right now than at any point in, in those 30 years. So you launched Walmart Plus, and that was a significant undertaking, I'm sure. Can you tell us how it's going and how innovation was involved in that? Yeah, we're excited to have finally launched and pleased with how things are going so far. It's just one more piece of the puzzle. You know, we we offer an everyday low price. Our philosophy is we want to manage our pricing strategies and our supply chain to smooth things out and reduce costs as we do that. And so Walmart Plus is one component of us trying to um, serve customers better, give them services on top of that everyday low price platform, things like delivery from our super centers and our e-commerce fulfillment centers um, with an annual membership so that you can save money on being able to get delivery. Um, Customers want to save money um, on that just like they want to save money on merchandise. 
And so Walmart Plus will be an important way for us to build relationships with customers, to have some data that we'll be able to use to serve them more effectively. Um, We've also got a fuel benefit related to Walmart Plus and also a scan-and-go function where people can check out in our stores without going through the the whole checkout process. And there'll be other things that'll come along to make Walmart Plus more robust. It'll be unique based on our own assets and capabilities, not copying anyone else. And we see it as something that will just grow in time. Um, We've got to build capacity for delivery, for example, and we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves as it relates to how many memberships we're selling. But it's growing nonetheless, and I think it'll be one important component of our strategy for a long, long time. Walmart has shifted considerably, and particularly in the healthcare space. And even before COVID, it seems that it was very important to Walmart. One of the things you've said is that you have a goal to provide preventative, quality, accessible health care. And now you have a lot of partnerships, particularly. Can you share with us how Walmart is approaching health and then particularly what you're doing with the pandemic and COVID-19? Yeah. Um, healthcare has been important to us for a long time. You know, we, we help cover a lot of our associates. We serve customers with pharmacy and optical and hearing services in some locations. We've had some clinics um, for a period of time. They started out as urgent care, but lately Walmart Health, which is a clinic offer, has pivoted, as you said, to a preventative approach, which which we think is really important. Um, Our goal is to bring value, quality, and price, an everyday low transparent price for services, to preventative care in a way that is easily accessible, not intimidating, um, transparent in terms of value and pricing. And so we've been opening these preventative clinics, Walmart Health, now for, gosh, maybe almost two years now. We started in Georgia. I guess it's been maybe a year and a half or so. Um, We're now in Chicago. We've got one unit here in Arkansas and more plans going forward. That's one component of what will be an omni-channel healthcare offer, both digital and physical. There are obviously components of healthcare that will always be in-person and personal and human in their orientation. But there are other components, the way we use data, um, the way um, digital can play a role. Of course, telehealth has exploded during the pandemic that we can stitch together in a way that we think will be unique in terms of um, our approach and leveraging the assets that we have and the culture that we have to serve. So we're excited about that future. Um, we're learning and growing and have new team members here helping to figure that out, which is really exciting. And it's been helpful to have that that capacity, a chief medical officer, for example, and other um, healthcare expertise within the company as we face the pandemic. Um, and our journey started in China um, in January as the pandemic began and obviously has spread around the world. And we've been making all kinds of choices, you know, policy decisions to support our associates, protect their health with operational changes, PPE, um, things related to uh, to leave policies so that somebody needs to be away from work to care for someone else or they themselves have been impacted in some way. All those things are being taken care of. Um, I'm in the stores talking to our associates all the time and was talking with some associates in a store in Alabama a couple of days ago, and they're just being so courageous, you know, coming. I tell them they, they just keep showing up and stepping up to serve. And it's it's tough to be in a store environment with all of the things happening with inventory levels and serving customers, some of which that don't want to wear a mask, even though we have a mask mandate. I mean, it's challenging in the real world to execute this, but they're doing such a beautiful job doing it. 
Um, we've been learning as it relates to testing, various forms of tests for our associates, um, but also now getting involved in vaccinations. Um, and we're working state by state. Um, New Mexico was the first place that we started, but we're now involved with quite a few states as they make decisions about which groups are in 1A, 1B, 2. How does that impact healthcare frontline workers, but also retail store associates like the ones that we have, making sure that we can handle the, the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, and do so appropriately and safely. And um, that's a learning process. And we're having to be flexible as we try to operate state by state. But we feel like it's absolutely the right thing to do to lean into this and help figure it out. And so that's the approach that we're taking. You talked a little bit about the business and how it's had to pivot with COVID-19. Can you share a little more about what's changed for you guys over the last several months and how you all continued to provide services for Americans and, for that matter, globally? As with all of us, I suppose it was a bit chaotic and confusing in the beginning, a lot of uh, uncertainty, and we didn't have a playbook um, that was perfectly um, laid out before this began. So what happened is a, kind of a few weeks in, it became apparent to us there were five priorities that we needed to have in a ranked order, and that helped us focus our minds and set priorities and make choices. Um, the first priority was to keep our associates safe. So every day we're getting up, uh, visiting stores, listening to our associates, asking what more we can do. And that's where all the operational changes, the PPH, PPE changes, and the other things that we did all came from. Um, and that was fast. I mean, it was amazing to me how quickly our team was able to secure um, tens of millions of masks, surgical masks for our associates in the early days, they put up plexiglass across our, our cashier stands and our pharmacy in a matter of days and weeks nationwide, which was incredible to me. I'd, there were times where our team was identifying something that needed to be done, and they would share with me how fast they thought they could do it. And my internal voice was, there's no way you can do that that fast. But I knew enough not to say that. And sure enough, they got those things done. And so quickly, which was just really impressive to me. So number one was protect our associates, keep them safe. That's physical health, financial health, emotional health and support. All three dimensions are important. The second um, priority was to keep the supply chain moving. Um, you'll remember, especially in the early days, there was pressure on the, the country's meat distribution system. And um, there have been really a lot of challenges across food in the beginning and then general merchandise after that. I was in a store not long ago where we're still really struggling to be in stock on adult bikes and all the things that people want when they're at home or they want to you know, get outside the house, take care of their yard, all those kinds of things. Those, the demand really changed on a lot of those items, so that created stress on the supply chain, and we turn inventory fast, so we weren't sitting on stockpiles of things waiting for something crazy like this to happen. So it was a lot of work, and our merchants did a fantastic job keeping the stores in stock and recovering through all of that. Um, the third priority was to manage the business well. In the sh I'm sorry, the third priority was to help others. Um, we forgave rents. We gave suppliers different terms. We did other things, knowing that we had cash flow, and some of our partners and people that are part of our big supply chain needed help. And we did a number of things, like we, we ended up hiring more than half a million people um, in a matter of months, and our people team figured out how to change our hiring process, including the background check, and make it go so much faster. What used to take a week was taking 24 and 48 hours. So we hired bartenders that didn't have a job. We hired 
you know, all kinds of people that needed to come and work for a temporary period of time, some of which are still with us. Some of them have gone back to the jobs they had before as, as reopening has occurred around the country. Um, the fourth priority was to manage the business in the short term and don't run into, in, into any cash flow problems or things like that, which in the beginning were a concern. And then the fifth priority was to try and move forward on our strategy. And, you know, the tailwinds that were created from this pandemic, clearly there were headwinds. Uh, and a lot of challenges related to this whole thing, and none of us would want this to happen. But there were behavioral changes from shoppers that drove our e-commerce business and drove our, our pickup business and delivery business out of, from out of our stores. And so we were ready for that to a large extent and were able to react. And I think many of those things that changed won't go back. You know, the, the pickup business and the delivery business are going to just be bigger and, and grow more, and we're ready to, to make the most of that. We're going to take a quick break and then come right back to more from Walmart CEO Doug McMillan here on Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned and meet us at intotomorrow.com. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. We're back bringing you further into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Walmart CEO Doug McMillan was one of the keynote speakers during the virtual CES this year. You talked a little bit about what Walmart's doing when it comes to sustainability and the climate. And you mentioned an important thing as we talk about technology, not just to govern yourself, but also working with your suppliers. Can you speak a little bit about how Walmart sees its role and how you're working again with your suppliers to make sure that they can also make some changes? Yes. And we have something that we started a few years ago called Project Gigaton, where we're trying to take a gigaton of carbon out of our supply chain over a period of time. And the suppliers in that instance and in the other cases that we've taken on, whether it's getting toxins out of our products or changing how we do packaging or things like that, they've really engaged. And we got a large number of suppliers that have set their own goals. Um, we obviously are accountable for our own assets um, at Walmart and have our own goals, but we also work with our suppliers to set bigger goals collectively. And I find that the leaders of these companies are like-minded and want to do this, have their own objectives. But when we work together, we can, we can create even more benefit. So that's the way that we're thinking about it. And this year, we tried to take it a step further and put a, a big 
goal out for Walmart to become a regenerative company, meaning that we don't only offset some of the negatives that are in our supply chain, but we do other things to protect natural habitat, um, whether it's land or or the ocean, um, to give things back in a way that we start to reverse what's happening on our planet and have it heal um, because of the work that, that business is doing. And that's a big challenge. Um, we, you know, we started this work um, really in a different way in 2005. So we've been doing it for a long time and we're kind of comfortable with setting these big goals and then just being really transparent about when we're on track and where we're not and what we're learning. And that took a little time to get used to because you know, we're used to making commitments and hitting them. But some of these big things, when we set these objectives, we don't know entirely how we're going to get there. We just make the bet that if we focus on it, our teams focus on it, and we work with suppliers that will figure out how to get there. I'm excited about becoming a regenerative company. I think that's the right goal. One of the things in a recent interview, you were asked about your education pedigree. An important thing you said is that you were 29 years educated at Walmart. And I think that speaks to the importance of on-the-job training skills, particularly as we look at making sure that our workforce has the skills that they need into tomorrow, if you will. Can you share a little more about skills training? It doesn't necessarily require a four-year degree to get into tech, for example, or even many other jobs. And we need to make sure that we're providing those skills to people. Yeah. Well, in our case, we've got 2.3 million people, and we've got all these jobs. Um, you know, Running a Walmart supercenter that does more than $100 million in sales and employs 250, 300 people is a big job, and we have thousands of those. But we also have healthcare jobs and data scientist roles and all these different types of jobs. And so we need to not only hire people who can do them, but we've got to grow our own. You know, we've got, I think, two-thirds of our U.S. store management started in the hourly ranks. I started as an hourly associate in a distribution center, and so many of the people I work with did too. So it's really important for our own growth that we have development programs and opportunities in place. Obviously, what jobs you have prepare you for things, but also education and exposure and feedback or evaluations, the four E's we call them, are all components of being able to grow your own. And um, In recent times, we've created academies across the U.S. About 200 different Walmart locations have classrooms in the back of our stores that are really first class in terms of the technology they use and the way that we operate to to teach curriculum. And we teach things not only related to retail math and retail basics, but we teach things like how to be a coach and how to be empathetic um, with customers and with associates so that you can develop some of those people skills that are necessary to become a leader. And we also created something called Live Better You, where for about a dollar a day, associates can earn their degree. And I was in a distribution center um, in Florida or Alabama uh, just a few weeks ago. I was in both, and one of our associates is um, was showing me his his certificate, his diploma from Bellevue, and telling me about the experience he's had with his education. He's a forklift driver in a distribution center, but he's furthering his education as part of this program and has career aspirations beyond the job he's doing, which is great. We all do. Um, so I think that's an important investment for us to make. And um, wages are certainly important. Healthcare investments are really important. But the way we think about the investments we make in our people is a holistic system, not just what's the starting wage rate for a part-time associate, but what do you do for somebody who's been with you five, ten years and is leading part of the store and on their path to being a, a store manager? 
those compensation levels and those incentives matter just as much to us as, as where you start. Walmart should be a ladder. Like once you get in, it's up to you how far you climb. And the system that we've set up enables you know, meritocracy and enables people to be able to do that. One final question, Doug, if I may, particularly on leadership. This past year has been tough on everyone. So can you talk a little bit about what you've learned and what you'll take into this year and into tomorrow when it comes to leadership? Yeah, there are parts of it I want to forget, <laughs> but there are definitely going to be lasting uh, leadership lessons. And maybe a couple that come to mind right now is just how capable our people are. Um, and knowing that, you can count on them and trust them. You know, as a leader, you can't make all these decisions. And certainly in a big business, there's no way I could try to make all the decisions that need to be made related to Walmart in any given hour. So we've got to have great people in all these jobs and support them. And during this past year, there were quite a few times where we were facing something that I didn't know the answer to. Um, so we would talk as a team and you could tell that people had thought about the issue and get a sense for who might be in the best position to make a call and just empower them to do it. You know, know when to not make a choice, but rather to say, Tiffany, this one's on you. You got it. I got your back. I'll support what you decide. Go, which creates the second thing, which is organizational speed. Um, We touched on it earlier, but the pace at which we've been moving is a different pace. And I think it's sustainable without – without too much fatigue. And fatigue is one of the things that you know, we're talking about now and, and are worried about because this thing's not over and we got to keep going. But I think the run rate of the company going forward will be faster um, forever as a result of what's happened. Well, Doug, thank you very much for joining us during our digital all-virtual CES coverage here on Into Tomorrow. Thanks for having me. Doug McMillan, CEO of Walmart. More, much more at intotomorrow.com. You don't need to be tech-savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com, that's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com, to start your free trial. The holidays are upon us. Hope you've stayed on Santa's nice list. Hi, this is Chris Graveline, wishing you and your family the happiest of holidays and a very Merry Christmas. Now let's head further into tomorrow. Hey, that's me. Uh, Chris Graveline here, sitting in the big chair, at least momentarily. Uh, Dave is recovering from uh, yet another trip to the hospital this week. Uh, But he'll be back in the studio next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available wherever you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Our next guest manufactures personal biometrically accessible storage devices that secure your valuables and discrete items. Keep them out of plain sight. He's the co-founder of a company called Trova, Scott Leppert. Scott, welcome into tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great, Dave. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have us. You know, we talk about 
uh, safe places to keep our stuff. We talk about keeping our stuff private and out of uh, hands of others that shouldn't get it, whether it's a phone or jewelry or any just anything. And then we talk about people that are just kind of throwing them in their purses or make sure it's in your pocket and that's supposed to be good enough. Well, that doesn't always work that way. So I'm guessing that you guys at Trova said, we've got a solution for that. Can you tell me a little bit about the company and then let's get into the products? You bet. Um, you're absolutely right. So there's lots of things that we feel like uh, exist in people's everyday lives that really should require uh, or do require higher levels of protection and security. And so uh, the brand that my wife and I founded a few years back is uh, called Trova. And what we create is very well described by your opening there. We create a suite of personal storage devices that are accessible through an app on your phone. Uh, and go all the way from our smallest size, I'll just show it real quickly here, mm-hmm. uh, Trova Go, all the way up through a much larger home size that's meant to sit on top of a bathroom counter or a bedside table or a kitchen counter. Uh, these are storage devices that are lockable, uh, but that sort of redefine the space of, of uh, privacy uh, and personal storage because it's not meant to be stuffed in a closet like a traditional lockbox. Gotcha. And I would imagine then you can put anything that you want to keep safe, whether it's a, a privacy issue or as a former police officer, right away, I think in terms of perhaps a gun for self-protection in your home, and you don't want it to get in the wrong hands, be it kids or visitors or otherwise, uh, that you can also secure items like that. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we are really, our platform is really a, a platform of discretion and privacy. What people want to put in their Trova is entirely up to them, provided that it adheres to the local and national laws, wherever they happen to be. Sure. Um, outside of that, they can put whatever they want in there. Okay. Um, our common use cases are are around uh, personal protection items in our largest, uh, you know, Trova home product, our flagship product that we're launching this year in 2021. Um, we shy a little bit away from the gun use specifically because there are brands that focus directly on on gun storage and sure. they've got some you know uh, products out there. But you know what do you do with mace, for example? Today it oftentimes sits in somebody's bedside drawer. Well, if you have kids in the house, that's probably not the best place for your mace. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody says lock up your prescription medications. Nobody ever does it because there's nothing elegant that could be displayed on your on your bathroom counter or uh, easily accessible every day. Um, and so that's really kind of our, our point of view is this is about daily use items that people need regular access to, but that they want with uh, they want out of sight um, and uh, away from the wrong hands. And I like uh, how on your website, peek inside, privacy awaits. I mean, that sort of tells the story right there at TrovaOfficial.com. How are they biometrically accessible then? Can you show us how that works? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have to uh, use my phone here. So excuse sure. me for picking up the phone. but No worries. I'll show you guys. So here's our, our app. Um, and you can see that one of the devices I have near me has paired. So I have to turn it around, but I'll show you how it opens here in a second. All right. Uh, let me just turn this around a little bit like and that. And again, those listening um, so on the radio, have, have no fear. Come come by into tomorrow.com to see the video. Gotcha. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Very good. So, so you, can... you tapped on your phone to unlock the box. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not giving me face ID because I was turning it towards you there. Right, but, exactly. It was looking at my face on the screen, <laughs> so, yeah. and I'm not registered on that device. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, smart enabled through this, and, and actually on Trova Home, um, which is, again, our, our largest storage solution. I'll just kind of show you guys here. 
Um, oh, nice the, big case. This is the top of it. It's got an indentation so you can put keys and things like that on top. Oh. Uh, beautifully designed, made out of uh, aluminum construction. Uh, so it's very durable and secure and substantial, but uh, also meant to be an object of intelligent art um, so it can live out in your home. Um, we've actually added an NFC chip to Trova Home so that you can go through that sequence of opening even quicker by just tapping the open app uh, to the Trova. And that way you can get fast access. So if that speed of access for Mace or something like that is really important, then uh, then you have that much faster way to get in. Terrific. Well, for personal safety and storage of discreet or valuable items and valuable items for that matter, visit Trova Official. Dot com. Scott, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Good luck to Absolutely. you guys. Uh, cool products, and we're glad to help uh, promote and talk about them for you. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call Our next virtual CES guest brings an AI-powered smart crib that bounces babies back to sleep automatically, along with very soothing music, among other things. The co-founder and CEO of a company called Cradlewise is Radhika Patel. Radhika, welcome into tomorrow. How are you? Hi, Dave. Good morning, and. Good afternoon. Yeah, good uh, evening. I'm doing Where fine. We? How are you all? <laughs> We're doing fine, too, and we thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us. First of all, what inspired you to create Cradlewise? Was this a, a situation of need with your own baby, perhaps, or, or friends or relatives that just said, I just can't get him or her back to sleep? Yeah, yeah. So you're right. Uh, it was inspired uh, by my daughter, uh, six years ago when we had her, um, we were like, you know, God, please help us. Like, we have no help. And the baby uh, sleeps like uh, two hours and every two hours you have oh, to attend yeah. to the baby. And we somewhere knew it that we monitor our sleep through the Fitbits of the world and are so bothered about the analytics and all. So why not the babies, right? Like, we knew intuitively that babies require sleep for brain and immunity and all the other factors. So uh, we started reading about sleep, and then we devised a simple homegrown crib or a cradle for her, and it worked out well. It was just manual. Then when we were spending more than 30 minutes rocking her, like added the motor, and then around five months when she was very wiggly, we added monitoring. So, you know, it kind of grew with the baby, 
and now it's our winter. Well, and it's terrific because uh, when we're watching the video again at intotomorrow.com, we can see cradle-wise bouncing over your shoulder, and we're going to assume there's a baby in it, so we're going to not talk too loudly. Uh, but how does cradle-wise know when the baby wakes up and therefore needs to start bouncing, or does it bounce all the time? Oh, no. So uh, we don't bounce all the time because that's not what you as a parent would do. We yeah, are true. trying to imitate the mom or the dad here. So uh, the camera on the cri- uh, crib, uh, if you see, there's a camera on the arc. Right. Uh, that monitors uh, early wake-up signs. So that's the core. That's the key. If you were in the same room as the baby and happen to see that the baby is stirring, your first reaction is you'll go run to the baby, pat or hum the baby back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what Cradlewise does. It monitors stirring, half opening of eyes and sounds. And when it detects that the baby's about to wake up, it starts bouncing and uh, helps the baby go back to sleep. And once the baby goes back to sleep, uh, after five to 10 minutes, we stop the bounce because immediately if you stop the bounce, the baby might wake up. So we wait for the baby to slide into deep sleep and stop uh-huh. bouncing. So that's why it's responsive to the baby's movements and the baby's needs. Ah, Terrific. Now, you say there's an app associated with it. Uh, What are some of the other functionalities of that app? Uh, Yeah, you have a smartphone app for your iOS and Android phones. You can see the live video of the baby from home or if you're outside. I soon, (laughs) hopefully we all will be going outside more. Oh, yes. (laughs) And uh, so you can see the video uh, in the mornings when you are busy with your work and still want to, you know, have a like one year to the baby, then you can keep it in audio monitoring mode so that you are hands free and only can see the video when the baby makes some sound. You can see the video of the baby even in the night uh, because you don't want to turn on the light and disturb the baby while it's sleeping. So it has night vision camera and you can uh, control the crib like on off the number of minutes that it bounces, the amplitude of the bounce. You can all control through the app. And uh, yeah, and you can also see the sleep analytics. We give a a sleep analytics dashboard, which helps you understand how well my baby slept for the last seven days in the night. What was the average sleep time, number of daytime naps? How well did Cradlewise save God baby sleeps? So out of the 10 wake-ups, did the Cradlewise succeed in uh, helping the baby go back to sleep at least 8 on 10? You know, So wow. all the basic sleep analytics that helps you understand that the baby is getting the recommended hours of sleep, you can see through the mobile app. Wow. Analytics are very helpful for all of us, but especially to know what your baby is doing and how well he or she is sleeping. Cradlewise.com for more. Very important question, uh, Radhika. Is it available yet and how much in U.S. dollars? Right. So I'm so glad to announce that we have uh, opened for pre-orders on Jan 15th itself. And it's available pan-US and Canada. And parents can order it on cradlewise.com. The shipping begins in July of 2021. So we are collecting pre-orders for $500 in advance. And the rest of the payment happens at the time of the delivery. Okay. And what is the rest of the payment? What is the full amount? Yeah. it's uh, Sorry. It's $1,500. Okay. $1,500, but certainly worth it for peace of mind and letting you as a parent uh, get back to sleep and some rest. Radhika Patel, the co-founder and CEO of Cradlewise, and that's the website too, cradlewise.com. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us as
part of our CES specials this year. And we wish you much luck and, and keep bouncing in the background as you're doing. I love it. Thank you. Better sleep for parents and babies. Thank yes. You. Oh, by all means, cradlewise.com. For more, I'm Dave Graveline. More next hour as our CES coverage continues here on Into Tomorrow on the Advanced Media Network. Thank you.